How's it going, everyone? Um, it is we're less than two weeks away from the USL Championship season kicking off Orange County at Championship Soccer Stadium, uh, and we are getting excited. Hopefully, you are. Um, and let's let's get into this. Welcome to the podcast of champions. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast or on Facebook at Orange and Black Soccer Cast. How's it going, Orange County? Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. I'm your host, Ray Samora, and I'm here to take you through this journey as we discuss all things Orange County Soccer Club. Uh, and joining me this week, I, it's a, a small group. Uh, we've got Brad from Vegas. Brad, how are you doing? I'm doing quite well. I am... Just returning from Ventura myself, I had a nice little weekend out kind of in your neck of the woods. I made a trip down to Anaheim, but it's just nice to be home and avoiding that wet weather you guys had. Oh, you get started on this weather. We're already going to get picked on now for complaining about a little bit of rain that's been coming through. But actually, for those of you not from Southern California, it's actually been a lot of rain. Um, oh, yeah, it was had. a lot more. I would have called you out on it, too, had I not been there. Yeah, it's um, it's very unusual. And the, and the other unusual thing, and again, we'll get called out for this. It's been very cold, like for for Southern California weather. Uh, my my wife and I were talking about it recently. We don't recall ever in our lifetimes, and we're both in our low forties of like a week straight of highs in the upper forties uh, during the day, um, and like the hottest point of the day um, when you look at the weather apps is like eleven o'clock at night or one o'clock in the morning, and it's like fifty two degrees. Um, so it's been very cold, very chilly, uh, but I can't complain. There's worse weather out there. There's worse things that go on, but hopefully everyone's been safe. But let's do this. We're, we're not here. We're not the weather channel. We're not here to talk about uh, weather patterns and cold weather and rain and all that stuff. We're here to talk about soccer, specifically Orange County Soccer Club. We're going to ignore any video game related soccer for this episode. Um, right, Brad? No yeah. video soccer talk. Video game no soccer video soccer talk. Um. And I apologize uh, if I'm a little flustered as we go through this. I'm sort of running wild. I uh, had uh, tryouts for the team that I coached today. Then I had to rush home to play a, an e-soccer game and then rush rush to eat dinner and then get onto this. So uh, let's talk about Orange County Soccer Club. What is there to talk about? We know um, some results. We know some score lines, but we don't know much about some of the uh, the score, the, the what happened. We did get the uh, article that dropped while we were live last week uh, regarding uh, one match there. Who was that opponent, Brad? You know better than I do. Oh, boy. Um, I think <laughs> it was Fullerton? I probably. Think. Who knows? It was one of those. It was one of those yeah. local uh, teams. Our producer's probably like shaking his head, mad at us already for butchering this episode. But um, we, we, we have a great written report on that. If you haven't checked it out, go to our website, uh, we know the score against SD uh, Loyal uh, was what three mm -hmm. nil. 
in favor of the good guys, right? Is if I can recall correctly. It depends on your definition of good, but yes, A team won three to nil. What? Wait, what'd you say? I said it depends on your definition of good guys. And then what did you say after that? Somebody won three nil. Okay. It is what it is. Um, but we know that the match was originally supposed to be played in one location, got moved because of the uh, the weather. Um, I guess it was a secretive move. No one really knew where that match was taking place. Thus, really no one could get their eyes on it. Um, but talking about San Diego really quick, before we get into the Orange County news, the big news sort of, has it been announced yet? Or is it still a hidden story or a broken story about Ronaldo Damas going to, to San Diego? I think it is announced. Yeah, because it was weird, right? It was the, the two balls into my guys dropped a, a tweet saying, according to Google, it had happened. But then when you'd go and do the search, there was a link to the USL Championship website, but it was a broken link. There was no article. It would it had all the, the information that you get on Google from reading like the first few sentences of an article. But then when you go to it, there was nothing there. Um, let's just talk really quick about this, Brad. How, uh, how bummed are we that a once fan favorite of uh, Orange County Soccer Club fans is now playing down I-5 uh, or down the five in San Diego uh, for one of our, I guess, rivals. I mean, if you're going to be bummed about this, then uh, like if you're going to be bummed about a guy who sees an opportunity to join his or to join a team that's going to align with his future, then sure. Domus won a championship with us. You can't take that away from him. You can't take that away from this team. He won a championship with us. So if you're going to be splitting hairs with he went to a rival team, look in the mirror and like think to yourself, is it really worth crying over? I, I don't think it's people crying. I think it's just sort of a little bittersweet to see him in San Diego um, when, again, he was such a fan favorite in his short time with Orange County, uh, winning a championship, uh, becoming this amazing goal scorer. Now, the lucky thing for Orange County fans, right, is we have a really good goal scorer already on our roster um, in a Milan Alaski. Uh, so you're not missing out uh, on what it is. It's just, I, I guess, uh, because I, I think it was visa issues that were, was sort of forced Orange County's hand in having to sell them a little sooner than they probably were planning on selling, maybe. I don't know. Um, I, I think Orange County fans would have loved to see him play in a orange County Jersey one last time after winning the championship, at least, but it'll be nice. At least we get to see him. We get to watch him, uh, yeah. at, at matches. And I'm sure, um, he's going to have love for the fans, uh, anytime he, uh, gets to see us. Cause although he probably didn't understand every word we are chanting, he, he definitely, you could tell he appreciated the support from the fans. Um, how do you think that does that boost San Diego in a way that maybe we're now a little bit more scared of them or, is it maybe something that Orange County, since they know him very well, they can already sort of plan really well for how to stop him? Um, I think it doesn't change where uh, San Diego is. I think they're still a really good team. Um, I know he replaced a player, although I cannot remember the name of the player for my life. Uh, but I think right now the team just needs to look at I think I think they're the same team. I think they are where they where they should be. And uh, Domus is, of course, going to build that team up better. But I like it's such a weird thing. I 
we all knew Damas was probably going to re-sign somewhere outside of uh, Sweden. I wasn't expecting it to be with where he ended up in uh, in San Diego. Yeah, he re-signed or he uh, replaced Among on San Diego. Thank you, Russell. Interesting. I'm, I'm looking at the chats. Russell's like chatting in Facebook and also on YouTube, which is very fun. Um, let's uh, let's ask this question: Who wins the battle uh, in in a match if if they're both healthy? Uh, Rob Kiernan or Ronaldo Damas? I think Kiernan does. Uh, Damas is more of a, you lop the ball down the field to him and you're expecting him to make something happen at the end. Um, in a one-on-one, I think Kiernan's just too big and too strong and Damas isn't necessarily the player to to have the ball lopped at his foot. Perfect. Um, let's now, let, let's focus more on the Orange County side of things. And, and here's what we're going to do. Th- this may actually be a shorter episode than typically normal because there isn't a lot to discuss uh, that we know of, um, you no know, major roster moves, just really some scrim- preseason matches and uh, friendlies. And and I think we were all debating behind the scenes on, or not, I wasn't involved in this, but some of you, I know you were involved, Brad, is what is the importance of these uh, preseason matches as far as like, is a win, does that represent anything on how you're going to perform in the season? But I think doing the math, um, really, it, it's the crapshoot when it comes to how you do in the preseason relates to how you'll do in the regular season. Right. Uh, I, I think last yeah. season, orange County did pretty good in the preseason. And then we had a really horrible season. Um, what are your thoughts? Is, is there anything that we could see out of these first couple of results from orange County that is going to relate to any thing that we'd see in the regular season? Yeah. So first of all, I'm not going to spoil too much. Um, because we are having a article written from it by our wonderful Nathan Wander, whose name is on the screen right now. Um, but the to sum up, is preseason important? Does preseason matter? Not really. And I'll let our expert Nathan, who's done some amazing research behind the scenes so far, I'll let him uh, fill in the blanks for us uh, later this week when that article gets posted. Um, but it's called well, Brad. It, it's all, this is all called a tease to this article. That's going to be coming out on our website. You know, we're teasing it right now. So everyone needs to be on the lookout when it does actually drop. So, yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, no, it, it looks exactly like preseason. Yes, it matters. Uh, it matters a lot more in soccer than it does in football. Um, but in terms of, I guess where we are no. I think it's good to get the fitness. Our opponents that are in our schedule kind of aren't going to prepare us for the next level that we're ready for. Uh, it's not it's it's not going to prepare us for our opening day match, which is, if I remember correctly, it's Tampa and not Louisville. It's one of those two. Uh, so it's just preseason. It's practice. I... I... Isn't the opener, I think, is Louisville, right? I think it's I think one of the two, yeah. Yeah, it's like one, it's of, one of those two East Conference, Eastern Conference teams. Um, it's on the 11th. It's less than two weeks away. Um, I think the Tampa one is on the 18th. And there, I, I know yes. that because we had this discussion at the end of the last episode um, that how could uh, my uh, anniversary celebration be on the same night Tampa's in town. Um, but uh, let's... Uh, there goes our, our producer in the chats is, is letting everyone know exactly what the match uh, dates and opponents are. Let's talk about Orange County then. Let's uh, let's go with some wild predictions here, Brad. I, I want to 
have uh, a conversation with you and we'll each come up with some very wild, random, unique prediction for this season. It could be anything. Um, and and oh, we boy. didn't prep for this folks. So if Brad is like looking like he's already scared to try and, or unsure of what he's going to come up with for an answer. Um, I guess our producer's calling this OC wish list, OCSC wish list. Um, what's a wild prediction you think happened in this year? A wild prediction I think happening this year. Um, for Orange County. My wild prediction, yeah, for Orange County. Orange County allows less than, let's see, there's 30-something games, allows less than 50 goals this season. Um, I w- actually want to do some research uh, about this, but last season our defense was atrocious, as we all knew. And I think the key to us doing well this upcoming season is definitely allowing less than, what was it? We had like one and a half goals a game, I think would be, you know, especially if we're not going to score in droves. All right. I don't even have a wild prediction. I I came up with this idea like a minute before we go live, uh, a, a wild prediction for Orange County this season. Um, I mean, it can't really be a wild prediction if I say Milanoloski is going to win the golden boot again, right? I mean, that's not really that wild of a prediction. Um, even though we have like a Ronaldo Damas back in the league. Um, so he has some competition in goal scoring front. Uh, but I'm going to go with this prediction. Our defense is going to stay healthy this year. I, I think the one of the biggest problems was health in our defense last year, especially with Rob Kiernan. But there was a lot of uh, mix matched and um, replacement. I, I, I think even with uh, some minor injuries, there's going to be a lot of opportunity for uh, there. There's some decent depth in our defense, but I I think all in all, they're going to stay pretty healthy this year. And if there are injuries, we're not going to have like last season where we had basically one true center back on the roster in Michael Orozco and everyone else was just thrown into that position, trying to play defense, whether it was an Albie Skendi, a Brent Richards, um, uh, a Danny Peterson, I, I feel like we won't have those situations this year. Uh, now that's a lot on Rob Kiernan staying healthy uh, and some of the other defenders staying healthy, but I, I, my, I don't know. Is that wild enough or is that not really a wild prediction, Brad? I mean, no, I, I would hope that we stay healthier this season. Um, and yes, I agree with you. Defense is going to need to, to stand up and really be that force that we need them to be. No, we got Russell, I, uh, Russell on the chats really quick with his uh, wild prediction of that uh, orange County will announce a new deal for a stadium that isn't championship soccer stadium. Uh, and it'll be done by July. Uh, that is bold. That is bold. So here we go, Brad. And I know you're not super familiar with the Southern California, especially orange County area. Um, <laughs> where would that new stadium be located? Uh, it would be located in Russell's backyard, I guess, because he has inside knowledge. Uh, no, I probably head back to you guys were at the Anteaters, right? At a UCI at one point. That yes. would be the most logical place. Um, I, I, I think if they move there, they're looking for something a little bit more their own and more permanent than Anteater Stadium. Uh, I know our producer, Andy, at one point, he had this little side mission he was doing of looking for like, big plots of land uh, in Orange County using like Google satellite 
a Google map satellite and looking at like stuff. And I think I actually started looking at like real estate listings for land to see like what land is actually available that people could purchase, but there's really a lot of good land. Um, I guess a, a really fun spot or, or location for Orange County, if they could find a way to work it out is get a little bit more centralized. So looking more towards like the Santa Ana Tustin area of Orange County, um, which would hopefully or potentially allow you to bring in some of the, the fans in that area because uh, again, there's a, a lot of chatter and a lot of talk that there's people from um, areas within Orange County that just don't like traveling to Irvine and, and Championship Soccer Stadium. So that'd be very interesting. Um, it would make it a longer travel for someone like me, although not by much. But uh, it'd be interesting if they could get something. Uh, there's not really an urban center of Orange County, but if they could get uh, something in more of a uh, an urban center like a Santa Ana, it would be a little bit nicer because usually it's just there'd be more access to bars. You could actually uh, do like what they had in Reno, right? Where there was like literally the supporter bar right across the street from the stadium. You get drunk and then walk, what, 30 feet across the street to the stadium entrance? Like that, yeah, it was it was pretty close. Uh, literally right across the street, a little bar called Mellow Fellow. I, I think that's like the biggest thing that Orange County is missing is that type of environment. I know there's a few options uh, but there's nothing that's really like a, that feels like a true supporter bar right across the street from the stadium or within like, you know, a, at least a five minute walk from the stadium. I know there's that restaurant slash bar that's part of the uh, the ice skating rink, but that just doesn't feel like it. I don't know. It doesn't feel like going to an ice skating rink is like the pregame spot for a match uh, and whatnot. So, but yeah, um, in, in Russell's saying that the people that live in the great park homes don't like the stadium. So who knows? And, and I mean, we sort of all saw the bit, the, the sort of thing going on with the stadium and, and uh, the, the city and the club and all that interesting stuff uh, and, and how that turned into a, a, a big mess. And um, I think it was again, producer Andy that sort of pointed out because one of the big issues with the stadium was public use and, Cal United strikers fold and oh, let's give it to LA Force instead of opening it up to the public. But that's a whole different situation. Um, what I, I'm gonna let you pick a topic now, Brad. I, I'm giving you the reins, the control for this next uh, five ten minutes of the the podcast. All right, so let's see. I kind of want to talk about, and I know that I know that it's we don't know anything about it. But I want to talk about, you know, what we're looking at from this previous lineup uh, from the from the San Diego game, because like we alluded to earlier, we knew we knew the opponent. We knew the final score. We knew the players that were on the field, but we didn't know um, what exactly happened, except the score was three zero and who was on the field. And that roster was Shetler and goal. Uh, Lamb in the uh, sorry, Lamb, Nakim, Fox, and Villanueva in defense. Uh, midfield of Powers, Peterson, and uh, Jamison and Nielsen, and McNulty and Alaski in forward. And I will link that to you in our chat so that you can reference it instead of just remembering all 11 names that I just said. All right, so what, what are we talking about with this? So I just want to talk about, is this what you expected? Uh, who would you have played differently if assuming everyone is healthy back there? And, and 
as because you're a coach, you you understand the game a lot more fundamentally than I do. Um, what is this roster essentially supposed to do that that we that we uh, don't get to see? Like walk us into the mind, I guess, a little bit of the coaching staff. You man, you're giving me way too much credit as a coach. Um, first and foremost, um, I just yell at the kids and tell them to to kick the ball into the net and. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't, and I tell them to not let balls into the net. Sometimes they do, sometimes they 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 don't. Um, other than that, it's go kick the ball. No, um, you know, are, are you asking me this as a coach mindset in a preseason match? I, as, a fan, like, oh, as a fan, as a fan, about preseason or like in a soccer watcher and podcast host. What do you think of this lineup? And is this the lineup we see day one? So. For the preseason, this is uh, actually a decently strong uh, lineup. Um, you know, typically this is the time of year that you're, you know, playing with the uh, different roster formations, roster lineups to see like sort of what will work, what doesn't. This is the time of year where you can try things that you've been thinking, hey, I wonder how well this would work um, and go from there. Chance to play some of the players that are newer, some of the players that are younger, um, give them some minutes and see what they can do for you. Obviously, when we look at the the lineup, and it's, a lot of it's going to depend on health, but you know, you'd expect to see some Rob Kiernan in there. Hopefully, if he's if he's healthy, uh, a Brian Olosky somewhere mixed in if he's healthy, uh, and, and get those get them in more in the lineup. I think those are more players I, I at least am more comfortable with because I know those players on the roster as opposed to uh, like a Nielsen, like a Nakeem, not really as familiar with those, those names um, when it comes to orange County. Now there's a reason why those players were brought in. Uh, there's this now connection with that part of Europe with a coaching staff now. So obviously there's, there's a reason for the fit, but uh, obviously when you look at those names, I think you can make an argument that probably at least seven or eight of them are going to be in the starting lineup for the, for the match, if not nine or 10 or 11 of them. Uh, I, I don't have any insight to what orange County does in the training. I don't know. Again, some of these newer players, I haven't seen them play yet uh, with orange County at this level. And we all know you can watch those fun highlight reels from uh, people in Europe with like techno music going and all these great highlights, but I can take almost any player that's ever played the sport and has played at least like 20 games. And you probably can come out with uh you know, Euro electro beat highlight reel that looks like they're an amazing player. Uh, but then you come to find out that they really aren't that great. Right. So that's the thing that's going to, that's going to be tough. So with some of these newer names, especially cause they're not from, the U S or the leagues in the U S and they're not from major leagues in Europe where maybe you have a lot of access to see the matches. Uh, it, it's going to wait to see how those players fit in. Um, obviously if, if any of them are up to the level of like a Danny Peterson, then yeah, then great. They're going to fit in well and they're going to do well, but we all saw, I mean, we've seen players that have come over that looked promising, have played in pretty decent leagues in Europe uh, that just can never find the fit or or a sustained run of performance. And 
Uh, obviously, the big example from last season is like an Albie Scandy, but we've seen players like a Harry Forster come over with a lot of expectations. And although he had really some nice moments, just never lived up to those expectations and wasn't really able to perform at the level that the fans wanted. If you answer for a lineup, if if I see this type of lineup opening day, I'm not mad because there's a lot of names in there I'm familiar with that I know are quality, good players. Um, uh, I'm maybe wondering where a couple names are, but this is a, a solid-looking lineup, in my opinion, when you're looking at Shuttler, Lamb, Nakeem, Fox, Villanueva, Powers, Peterson, Jameson, Nielsen, McNulty, Oloski. I mean, you got a little bit of everything in there. Um, the only thing interesting here is this is a preseason match where Chaplow is trying out a back four instead of, you know, a back three with, you know, some wingbacks playing higher up the pitch. Um, so maybe that's a, a sign that he's looking at a different uh, tactic defensively. All right. That, that answers most of my questions. Uh, I'm going to just elaborate on a little bit of my thoughts. Um, it's definitely interesting seeing uh, this roster because it is a lot of the players that, we did sign from particularly the Scandinavian regions. We have Nakeem there. We have uh, McNulty and we have uh, Nielsen up there as well. And I, I, I wonder how Fox played in that game. Obviously none of us were there, so we can't really comment other than three goals were scored, but he was one of our big signings that we really touted as he's another one of the, um, Rob Kiernan-esque level players that he's a big guy who can hold his own in the back there. Uh, so it'll definitely be interesting seeing, you know, this might've just been a hiccup. This probably isn't the back four or back three or back. However, many that we'll see on day one, if in fact, Rob Kiernan is healthy, like we think he is, I have no inside knowledge on that information. So I'm not trying to spoil anything if he's hurt. Um, all we know is he's still coming off of that injury from last season that sidelined him the whole year. Um, but seeing seeing this roster, I think Eloski is going to start. I think McNulty is going to be a Cubo Torres, but Scandinavian. Um, although I think he's actually he played in Scandinavian leagues, right? But he's not actually Scandinavian. He's Scottish or Irish. Wasn't he? He's Scottish. I thought I think. he played in like the Scottish league, right? Uh, he might have played both. I think we got him from a league in Denmark. Um, but Nielsen, I don't know if he's starting there. Uh, I think that spot in the lineup is probably, if he's healthy, uh, Brian Olosky. Uh Jameson is probably Osendina, unless uh, Jameson is, I guess, the more refined of the two right now. I know they're both young players who are trying to get sold. Um. Peterson's obviously in there. Powers is probably in there. Villanueva has earned his roster spot for this season based on one being one of the only bright spots last season. Fox is too highly regarded to not be on the bench or to not be starting. Nakeem is probably, I don't know. That's the big question mark for me is he, I know he's a, he's a defender. We need those. And we definitely brought him in. Um, and then Lamb and Shuttler, we don't have any other goalies, and uh, Lamb is also one of the one of the big interesting players that we signed. Uh, notable names that weren't in this game that didn't even get subbed on would be um, 
Brent Richards, Seth Kasipley, and the previously alluded to Brian Oloski. Um, our only subs in that game were Chada coming on and Osandina coming on for McNulty and Nielsen, respectively. So definitely a interesting spot to fill in. And uh, it'll be interesting. I think this weekend's games, which are now, I believe, open to season ticket holders based on the cancellation of uh, cancellation of the season ticket event on Wednesday. Um, you'll see both games, and it'll be interesting. One of those games is bound to be the game plan moving into the season. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Andy, let me know. Like, I think our producer Andy wanted to try and play a video, but he can let me know. Um, yes or no, or even just cut me off with a video if it's possible. <laughs> All right, head coach Richard Chaplow. Tough result today. Uh, what did you like about your team's fight today? Uh, there was not much to like first half, um, but we needed to feel that. I think the intensity of uh, playing against a good USL team. We haven't had that yet in our preseason, so it's, it's important we got that out of the way now. Uh, but second half came out so much stronger, played with a real intensity and a, a good desire, and that's what I expect from the from, from the uh, from the first whistle. So uh, lots of work to do. Obviously, we still got uh, preseason is is all about preparation. So uh, in my mind, obviously coming down here to the pole and the preparation was was good on that point. Uh, lots of lessons to learn, and we've been together and get stronger so looking forward to our wednesday night game to to put some of those moments right like you said the preseason is about preparation and getting ready for the regular season yeah. so what are some things that you can hope to take from this match and apply to the next preseason match but ultimately for the regular season for me it's about the, the players really on the field solving problems so we spoke about it at half time um down here it's raining it's windy it's, it's a tricky surface we're going to face these environments in the usl we have an identity or a style that we want to play in but if we're not if that's not flowing for whatever reason the players have to solve those problems themselves so asking them to feel that out and really play what's in front of them not what they've maybe been uh working on in the week because every situation is different from the next so uh you know us as coaching staff aren't always there to make decisions for them they've got to do that themselves um, so I'm hoping that moving forward, the leaders on the field can take that uh, proactively, those decisions, and put them in place without always a coaching staff voice coming in to, to do that. So, uh, like I said, hopefully we can continue to build on that uh, and learn about ourselves in those manners and in those moments. So that's the main thing I, uh, I expect from this group going forward into the next games. So, <laughs> big question, just like off topic. Uh, do you think Richard Chapelo ever thought as the coach of Orange County, he would have to dress like he was coaching back in England? I mean, that looked like a true, like that looked like an, an English soccer coach or English football coach in England, um, all bundled up in a big, you know, parka and a, a beanie. And I think even when he's talking, you see some of the breath coming out, um, that, that, that heat coming out, uh, in the form of what looks like, you know, whatever. <laughs> Did you ever? Do you ever think? He, do you think he ever thought that he that would be his coaching uh, ex, uh, moment here in in the U.S. in especially in OC? Um, I mean, he wasn't in OC in that game. He was in, I believe, San Diego. That was where well, yeah, the game yeah. was played. Yeah. So but if you don't I'll know just, geography yeah. that well, uh, Brad, usually San Diego is a little bit nicer weather than even Orange County. Like, uh, so 
Um, I mean, well, it's been a weird weekend for you guys down there uh, with weather, and I didn't expect. I didn't expect pouring rain when I was down there. So I think breaking out, hopefully it's the last time he needs to break out the heavy winter jacket. Although I bet you it was probably in the fifties there. And that's kind of that weird weather where a winter jacket is acceptable. However, if you're used to the cold, maybe a, a long sleeve shirt or a light windbreaker is acceptable too. If, if it was in the 50s and that's the way Richard Chaplow is dressed, then he has to turn in his British card and he's now a true Californian um, <laughs> thinking that that's really cold weather because uh, I feel like a lot of uh, times out in uh, in good old England, it's it's probably well below 50, you know, the 50s for a match um, and, and coaches aren't that bundled up uh, on the sideline. Um, you know, in, in that whole conversation, I, I have no idea what I was thinking of next. Uh, I, I had a thought and then I lost it. Thank you, Brad. You're welcome. Oh, um, you know, here was, my, here was my thought. Here was my thought. I, I want to know, and, and producer Andy, let us know if you have any information on this. Has anyone checked, actually checked in on the, uh, physical, like the, the stadium and the field and what it looks like right now? Because we all remember a few years back when we got a, a torrential downpour for like a week or two, a week straight or whatever it was it looked like a little lake was forming on that pitch. And I'm just worried or wondering what that looks like. Cause we had a lot of rain last week. We have a lot of rain this week coming on. Is the pitch, is the field going to be ready for opening day in 12 days? I, I, I mean, is that something that fans should be worried about? Um, and has anyone, if you're on the chats, let me know is, is has anyone actually gone and looked, is the stadium looking like it's going to be playable for opening night? Brad, what are your thoughts? I don't know how that field kind of runs and maybe three or yeah, two weeks from now when opening weekend is, it'll be dried up. Who knows? I'm not an expert in grass conditions. Producer Andy's jumping in here. Uh, do you know anything? Do you have the inside info, Andy? Uh, I just jumped in to say, I don't know because I worked from home today, um, but I can check in tomorrow. Um, I work very close to the stadium. It's easy for me to swing by there, but I could check after work. Yeah. We'll have to be able to get nothing that. Yeah. I'll have to look from the fence. I don't think I'll be able to get down there, but you know, if the gate is open, I might be able to, uh, you know, make my way. Just hop the fence, Andy. No one will tell. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, if, if we all remember, I I think it was the season we had a, a big preseason match scheduled against, uh, uh, the team from Japan, I forget which, uh, which club it was. Uh, and it had to get called off because there was literally a, a, a puddle on like a fourth of the field from a lot of rain. Uh, I, I think that sparked up a little debate between orange County fans on that. The, uh, the stadium is not really built for this type of weather. And I think we've learned over the years that the landscaping crew at championship soccer stadium don't really know what they're doing for a soccer stadium. Apparently they're like more golf course, uh, related um, landscapers, but I think the 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 drainage on the stadium is not really built for for rainy weather, so that's a, a scary part uh, to see. Um, yeah, there we go. Vassell Kobe in 2019 was the opponent uh, that Orange County was to face, and it had to get canceled. That was a, a stacked team too. That was very exciting. I know uh, Dylan and I were excited. We actually got to go to the press conference, and you had like uh, some really 
good names there. You, it was uh, what, Honda. No, not Honda. Um, Iniesta was part of that team, right? I can't remember now. Who knows? Whatever. Um, really quick, <laughs> Russell has a question. For uh, what is the 2023 Orange and Black Soccer Cast regular participants? Will we see Dylan and Allen? Um, and just so you know, Russell, I think Allen's spelled A-L-A-N, not uh, mm-hmm. the other way. Um, A-L-L-E-N is Dylan's last name, by the way. Uh, no, we 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 are. We will. We, we're in. We will see them. We'll also see Taylor more this season. We'll see uh, Larry more this season. And uh, hopefully we'll have an opportunity to uh, invite our uh, writing team on to some episodes to come join us here and there as well. Um, Mr. Daniel Keith Jackson, Nathan Wander, um, they will potentially join us for episodes. Yeah. um, Andy will jump in every so often. Yeah. To to fill in the blanks, uh, the reason we're missing Alan and Dylan right now, I know Dylan is still sick. He was sick last week, unfortunately, and we're not going to make Dylan pretend to talk with a sore throat. So, so that was um, why he's not here. Alan, I know he is just starting his new job with uh, the school district uh, or no, the teachers union. And he's kind of bouncing between, uh, a property that he rented that he let us know last week and his own home. Uh, so that's kind of where they are right now. And then the rest of the crew, you know, we're not all perfect. It's still preseason and we're still sorting out our schedules for our new Monday night uh, showings. Some of us have kids that are in sports teams like Ray was talking earlier. And some of us are still, you know, students and lawyers. Um, I know Taylor is in law school and has something coming up. So, so that's just the world we live in right now. So we're we're gonna still make the attempt and follow through with Monday nights, but that's kind of where we're missing a lot of people tonight. And apparently, Larry um, had to work late at Kmart tonight, so that's why he's not on the episode. Um, but apparently, he's listening to us while he's at work or something because he's on the chats. Uh, so if you are Larry's boss and you listen to our show. Um, it, it isn't the Larry you're thinking of. Um, let's, uh, let's, let's move on. Uh, I got, I got one more. Yeah. I got about? one more topic that, uh, definitely looks interesting to talk about. So do you read any of, uh, John Morrissey, USL tactics stuff? Um, you know, honestly, um, uh, ever since I read his preview last season, which I guess apparently was spot on. Uh, but I wasn't excited about it. I really didn't pay much attention to what he wrote. Uh, so uh, I guess I should be because he knew what he was talking about last preseason when he didn't really uh, wasn't really excited about Orange County. So here, I'll I'll go ahead and break down uh, one of the most interesting things. So read the article for most, me, Brad, yeah. right now. Read it live. I'll 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 just use the one segment. So in. In his uh, three things to talk about last week, uh, one of the things that was part of the three things was breaking down difficulties of schedules per month. And uh, he he essentially, uh, the amount of teams that their chances or likelihood this season of making playoffs is uh, X amount and then averages all the teams of the, each month together and spits it out. And would you look and behold, Orange County has the third most difficult month of any team in the league in the first month. The only teams with a more difficult 
month anywhere in the league are Sacramento in June and Oakland also in March. Um, Orange County's opponents in the first month are Tampa Bay, Louisville, and Las Vegas Lights, who, who definitely bring that average down because, well, Las Vegas Lights, according to John, has a 0% chance of making playoffs. Well, so, he, I mean, that, that, that leads you to believe, like, what would have happened if we wouldn't have had Las Vegas Lights mixed in there? What if it, would yeah, have been if, more mid, if it was Sac- or San Antonio? <laughs> Or not um, San Antonio, but just put a mid-table team in there, and it makes it makes Orange County have a. I mean, I, I know there's this bias, right? Uh, you know, we we like to joke that East Coast gets a lot more props than the West Coast does in the league because they're based out of there. But I mean, year in and year out, uh, Louisville and Tampa Bay are two of the top teams coming out of the Eastern Conference year in and year out, and Orange County has to open Game One and Game Two against those two teams. Luckily, it's at home, are home, but it's still tough. Let's um, that. That's a tough. Uh, if you're not from the Eastern Conference, you don't expect to face Louisville and Tampa Bay your first two matches of the season. But to be fair, I think that's actually the best spot that we could ever hope to play those teams at the beginning of the season. Because one, we don't have to play them a second time. We don't have to. We don't have to, you know, hide cards from them. And two, we can rebound from some easy months in the middle of the season. Um, we're not having that June crazy month. Um, our next, we only have two other months of the whole season, basically where, uh, opponents have more than a 50% chance combined of making playoffs. So we start off with the difficult and then kind of gets a little bit easy. Um, and the only other crazy thing about the schedule that I noticed over looking at it is we don't play San Antonio until like five weeks before the end of the season. And then we play them two or three weeks after that. So it'll be interesting seeing, you know, a hard March. This is going to be a very tough month. And I know that at least I'm not expecting, if we get three points out of that month, that's kind of the bare minimum. Um, That Vegas game is almost a a must win. If we lose to both Tampa Bay and Louisville, I don't think that's going to end the season, especially so early on. Um, this is a team that's going to have to work its way up. We have a lot of new signings that came in and it'll be interesting to see how we do come out. And if we do win all three games, look at John Morrissey's, uh, predictor later on, and it'll be interesting seeing, will we have a higher than 50%, 60, 70% chance of making playoffs if we do go undefeated in March? The hard for the hard part for that with me is is and I don't have any statistics in front of me is I feel like Orange County typically gets off to slow starts on seasons, mm-hmm. um, so I, I'll, as optimistic as you are of facing Louisville and Tampa Bay at the beginning of the season, I don't know that you, it's scary because I feel like that's an opportunity for us to drop matches that we might win later on in the season, but who knows? Um, I don't fair. have any stats in front of me to back up my thoughts. It's just going off of what I potentially can remember. Well, look at that. I was thinking we were going to have like a shorter show this week, and we actually were able to talk about legit Orange County Soccer Club stuff for a good 40 minutes here of this show. I know I, I'm saying 40 because there was about five to six minutes of of just junk that we were discussing, but not too bad. Um, are, do you think, are we ready to move on to like our, our other soccer news slash random thoughts? I, I, I guess the thought is we're going to just combine those so that way if people have soccer stuff they want to share, great. If yeah. they want to just share another random thought, they can. 
I'm I'm just gonna announce. Uh, I know that I did it in the Discord, but for those of you guys who listen, participate, and don't use Discord, um, keep a lookout uh, for our new prediction tracker spreadsheet activity predictor game. Um, we've changed it up. I put a summary on the Discord, but for those of you guys who don't go there, uh, I've shortened it to instead of ten points uh, a week as a maximum, it's five points and. There's a lot less silly guessing, and most importantly, it's now a Google form that you fill out each week instead of me hunting down or looking in DMs for your score and then painfully and taking half an hour each time to add it to a spreadsheet and then print out the results for the group. There we go. Um, my random thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best Larry impersonation here, so hopefully I get this right, Larry. Let me know if I get this wrong. But I'm going to try it out. Ready? Attention, Kmart Sharp Shoppers, Blue Light Special, Aisle 13, Cookies. Hopefully I got that right. Oh, and I'm going to do something that no one even approved right here. And Brad, you're just going to have to add this somehow to your spreadsheet. If anyone knows what movie that ref that reference is, you get like a bonus five points for the competition. I'm just going to throw it there. First person to put it in the comments right now gets those five bonus points. That means you were watching live and you you got it right. But you have to do it before we end this episode or you don't get those five bonus points. I'm just doing it, Brad. I, I want to see who's actually paying attention to what we're saying. Does Brad get the reference? You don't don't give the answer, but do you get the reference, Brad? I've heard it. I couldn't okay. tell you where. I, so okay. I wouldn't spoil it. See, look, at we got Russell on here already saying, what reference? It was my Larry impersonation, Russell. Um, so I guess that's going to wrap things up. And we're not going to give up five bonus points because I don't see it in the chats yet. Um, do you have anything else you want to say before we wrap things up, though, Brad? Yeah, um, you know, stay safe with all this weather down there. And I'm excited that Monday nights is kind of our thing moving forward. And I know next week we'll have a lot more people. We'll have a lot more to talk about with two games open to the public. So thank you guys for giving us, you know, 50 minutes of your night tonight. I really appreciate it. Yes, we appreciate uh, anyone that listens, whether it's live while we're actually recording this on the video streams, or if you listen later on podcast form, which again, this season, I'm committed to making sure the podcast episodes get up right away. Also, for those of you that are reading what's being written and posted on our site, I, there's been a boost in website traffic for our website. So we appreciate you all for uh, checking out what, uh, what our writers are putting out there and, and continue to do so. Please help support and show the love. Um, for anyone that's that's producing. We all do this out of the love. We don't get paid. We don't make money off of this. This is all purely for the love of Orange County Soccer Club. Uh, so let me just say this for everyone. All right. So for uh, Brad on the show tonight, producer Andy, um, and then also uh, we got uh, those that aren't on the show tonight, Taylor, Alan, Dylan, Larry, um, anyone else. We appreciate it. Thank you for watching. This is the Orange of Black Soccer Cast. We are out. Oh!